if you pause for a second, you, you take a step back from your life in this moment and you say, wait, if I get those things now, how could that not maybe be good for me, right? Or what am I learning through this struggle and this hardship that I find myself in now? Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Welcome. Welcome. So I think that something that people struggle with consistently through life, if they're living it consciously, is how do I know I'm doing the right thing? I mean, some don't care about doing the right thing. Others kind of... That's a good question. What percent of the population he doesn't care Today, right I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm feeling very optimistic. Just kidding. But some, some go through life asking that question, how to make sure that, you know, I do the right thing. How do I know I'm doing the right thing? Making the right decision, finding my calling, doing what I'm meant to do. Others kind of navigate, how do I just avoid doing the wrong thing? And then there's probably that third group that's really not very conscious at all. So it got me thinking, we talk about this a lot with our kids, especially our oldest, about when you want to manifest something, when you want to create something, how do you know when to really push and when to pause and allow for things to come. Because something we've often said, and I think it requires a lot of unpacking, which I'm really excited to do with you today. But sometimes when we keep pushing and asking for what we desire without bringing that energy of the creator and something greater in, then those blessings actually turn out to be our curse, right? Can so be. if it's the wrong timing, if it's the wrong desire, if it's, it's the wrong, in the wrong if it's just something that's not meant to come your way, right? I mean, one example, we've seen this uh, with with couples or, or people who want to start a family. They think the child will be the greatest blessing. And for whatever reason, you know, 20 years down the line later, we see that it actually turned out not to be that. It was actually a, a source of much pain. Actually, I'm kind of obsessed binge-watching binge Succession. I haven't watched it. So good. Really? Oh, my God. Well, I'm only on the Are you second. Highly recommending season. it. Listen, I'm only on this. I just started the second season, but the characters are so interesting and phenomenally created and cultivated that I just like they're interesting people. Mm. I wouldn't want them as my family, but <laughs> but yeah. So it got it got me thinking, and I there's a story in the Bible, and I think you can tell it better, and we for sure need to unpack it. It's the story of Bilam and Balak. And at some point in the story, he's talking to a donkey and the donkey's talking back to him. And That's an interesting way of telling that story. <laughs> well, well, it's an interesting story. And I think you should tell it. I can tell it. But I also, I was really curious about this speaking donkey. It's not, it's like the movie Shrek, right? <laughs> That's kind, not the kind of the way it's <laughs> But I want to talk about it. I knew if you told the story without me mentioning the donkey, you would just kind of, Pass that right Yes, by. watch me. Watch no, me. no, no. We're going to talk about Mr. Donkey. <laughs> okay. So Balak was, uh, Balak was king of Moab, right? And well, why don't you continue with the sure. story? So if I can take two steps back. Sure. <laughs> so as I think about this topic, right? So it's really... I'm going to hold you to telling the story. Though. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I might donkey even mention Donkey. Yeah. You're giving time to think about it. I'm not going to think Everybody's about Everybody's picturing, picturing the, sh the cute donkey from Shrek. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So we're talking about desire, right? And when people think about spirituality, and I'm sure many of our listeners, there's sometimes the thought that you need to diminish desire, right? There's this idea that a spiritual person is somebody who's not interested in physical things. It's not somebody who's interested in having more. 
but rather, you know, sort of this curb your desire is really kind of the the spiritual uh, right. tone in right. many kind of right. I don't know if it's religions uh, spirituality. People yeah. think that you know the monk could be, like, be a monk, right? Sit on the floor, silence for hours, nothing right. of the physical world. And again, and without going to the details of that, there are some benefits to that, but that's not. The it's good purpose. to visit there, but right. I think the state, we do live in a physical world, and there's a reason we live in the well, physical world. Well, then more than that, the spiritual view I is... I like when you say, and also, and not, and more than that, because it feels like... <laughs> let's, 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 let's delve deeply <laughs> we did into this, that. We did this What's a year the, ago. The difference between... We did this a year ago, and we had our, our little uh, isms that... So, so you, you prefer... And also. And also, as opposed to, and... More than that, you see. More than that. More, it's like a measure. <laughs> versus an addition. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, I hear you. sweetheart. Go ahead. And so more, more than, than that. that. <laughs> right, so the spiritual view is that, right, right, that's the, I would say, the false view. And the true spiritual view is that our entire purpose of being is to receive. And not just to receive, to receive endlessly. The only question is how, what is the right way to go about that? So, I think that's important to to state as a fact because it's confusing to receive endlessly. Where does it begin? Where does it end? How do you know how it's supposed to flow? Right, timing of it that that's where people kind of really get right. Confused. But I think like you often share this idea that there are people who have the shame of wanting, right? And we want to completely pay attention, sweetheart. Oh, sometimes I do, Love that. and also <laughs> more than that. Right, there are people who struggle with that, and that's the first step. If you if you don't get over that, then the next step is almost not important. So, we begin. Well, some people don't know what the shame of wanting is. So let's just pause for a second. Okay. Shame of wanting is not being able to ask for what you want, say what you want, even allowing yourself to desire it. Right, because you're full of shame and even having this need for something, and it stems from how we come into the world or how our, our earliest. Um, experiences and our environment, but so many people struggle with that shame until they actually are able to get to a place where, as you're saying, no, I am meant to participate in every aspect of my life, even the physicality of it. And not just, and, and also, <laughs> and not just that, so you prefer, and also to, and not just that? And additionally. And ad- additionally, it's not just that we are meant to want and it's the right thing, it's the spiritual thing, however you want to refer to it, but that most of us don't want enough. Don't want enough. We, we are not even fully comprehending how much we need to desire, that our desire needs to be endlessly greater than our current state, even our current state of desire. So now, put that aside. That, that's that's a, an axiom, that is a truth, and that is where we all need to be driving towards, desiring, and receiving more and more and more and more and more and more. The corollary to that, which is important, is that we don't have clarity about what is best for us, right? So, while it's true, for instance, that a five-year-old should desire even more than they desire, they don't always know what the right desire for them is. They might desire to drink the whole uh, uh, eat the whole bag of cookies, right? Or I was going to say worse, or drink the whole the whole container of Drano, right? <laughs> Poison. Okay, I know. Okay, but the point is, the point is, children have to have great desires, but their desires are not always directed in the right well, that's way. That's curiosity. No kid desires Drano, but yes, no, I get your point. Yes. So, 
This is also true about every single one of us. We have desires, but the desires that we have are not always the best things for us. Well, it's an interesting point, because I know somebody who everything that he has desired, actually, in the last 10 years, he's been able to manifest every single thing. And now he's at a different stage of life where he is desiring other things. I pointed out to him, not every single desire you have are you meant to actually fulfill and get. But it's confusing when especially for the go-getters, the the really driven people that they're ambitious and I want this and I'm going to create and manifest. And I don't know if there's actually a pause between seeing something that you want, right? And then we talk about children, that curiosity, you see something sparkly, shiny, you go after it, right? I think of like a shark when you're swimming in the water, they see shiny jewelry or fish, they come and they're attracted to that, right? Versus being able to say, okay, is this, where is this desire coming from? And is this, if I get it, going to be the best for me? That's part one, right? But then also you need to then attune your desires to, of course, soul, which is connected to the creator. Right. Which, so you have to know that what I might be desiring right now might act not, not actually be the best for me. And we've all experienced this, right? I was going to ask you, can you share with our listeners and with me a time in your life, either that you got something you wanted and ultimately it wasn't good for you, or that you didn't get something that you wanted and it was ultimately good for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that the latter, for sure. There are many, many things you got that, a ladder? that I wanted uh, to manifest. And I had this narrative in my, my mind that I should have had this by this age. I should have accomplished this by this time. And I remember I finally realized that if I had had achieved any of those things at that time, it wouldn't have been as good because what I could have offered, whether a book was published five years earlier, wouldn't have been as good as the book that was published five years later. But more than that, that... More than that or and also? I can say more than that when I'm talking about my own oh, okay. emotions and feelings. Had I achieved or received those blessings at the time that I thought I should have them and that I wanted them, it would have hindered my growth through the process of me waiting for it. And of course, I can only say that now on the other side of it. And so now I have that appreciation. And even still, every now and again, I will I will see something, I'll have a goal, and I'm like, I want it now. But I'm so much better about it, actually, that like, wait a second, if it's not for me, I actually don't want it. And, and I'm much more tuned into that narrative now. But it did. It was a training at first, especially when when we're younger and you haven't actually achieved the things you thought that you should have by a certain point, whether it's getting married or having children or the career that you want, the home you want, whatever it is, of course, it's kind of like, well, if not now, when? If I don't do it now, then who knows what the future is going to bring? Or again, that self-judgment of I should have by this time. But if you pause for a second, you, you take a step back from your life in this moment and you say, wait, if I get those things now, how could that not maybe be good for me, right? Or what am I learning through this struggle and this hardship that I find myself in now? Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the clearest ways that maybe all of us can think about this is around relationships. I'm sure every one of our listeners has had a time in their lives where they really wanted a relationship. And over time... A very specific... Specific, yeah, yeah. yeah. Relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. with the full picture and, yeah, everything. That, that person, right? There was, it was specific to an individual. And thankfully, right, hopefully those certain who are in happy relationships or happy, happy marriages that they're happy that the previous one, the one before that, or the one before that, for which they were so heartbroken and upset, they're so happy that that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. 
And and this or actually yeah. I spoke with somebody today and thirty years uh into his marriage, he's like, Why me? Why is this happening to me? And I and I said, Well, let's go back thirty years. Do you remember the version of yourself that chose this, that wanted this? It let's been talk so about upset. that. Would Had so that not, it would have been the one that got away, right? And that's that's the the trick of of ego and our limited perspective and perception of what is actually happening. Right, which leads us to a very important story truth. about the alive. Well, that, that comes next. <laughs> that comes next. That while it is true that we are meant to desire more and more and more and to receive more and more and more, we have to accept with humility and truth that we usually, not just sometimes, we usually don't know if this is the best relationship for me, if this is the best business success for me, if this is the best thing to happen for me. And I would say more likely... How would you know? Right, I mean, we we're going to we give the answer, but exactly. How would one, without the information we're about to give, how would one know? Right. You, usually you go, you right now, right now, I really feel? like this person. I feel like this what person. You feel? You know, or right... I mean, I, I can share countless stories of people, and this we talked about relationships, but in business, who, who went through life and had a very big disappointment, failure, and that failure led them to their, to their real success. And, they, and, they, and they're very, now they're very clear about the fact that they're so happy that that previous business or investment didn't work out, because if it ha- had it worked out, they would have stayed in that small business, rather than the greater blessing that then came later. Life is about living in that state of awareness when you don't know. Right, so it's really about saying, and you never really know exactly, exactly <laughs> that I don't even today as I sit here now. Of course, as we go through life, we have to say, okay, I think this is a good thing for me. I'm going to pursue it. I think this is a good relationship for me. I'm going to pursue it, and so on and so forth. Every single one of us today is pursuing five or ten important things. What you want to add to that is, but I know that I don't know. I know that I don't know if this relationship is ultimately, for the next 50 years, the best thing for me. I don't know ultimately if this business success is good for me over the next 50 years, because there are a thousand things that come with that, or don't come with that. So if you really, and again, this is, this is as we will hopefully come to see, this is consistent work. If you accept that I am meant to have more and more all the time, desire more and more, and that I am also not aware, can't possibly know, the ultimate effect of any relationship, success, anything that happens. So it leads you to a third state of consciousness, which is, and this is based on an ancient teaching, which I often think about, and really I ask all of our listeners to think about it every single day, and it is, the the ancient words are, Ase retsoncha kirtsono, Make your desire the Creator's desire, so that your desire can become like the Creator's desire. So let's think about that. And it's important to really understand that, that teaching. I don't know what is going to make me happy for the next hundred years, what relationship, what success, what move. I don't know. Well, how many times have we heard people say, it's not what I thought it would be? Exactly. Over and over again. I mean, even if you create a child, <laughs> yes, you, you you never know. You hope they're going to be healthy and that they'll thrive. You never know. You create a business. You hope that it's going to bring you success and happiness. You never know. We put our energies in all kinds of places, but we, we never really know the outcome. So you can't base your decisions based on your desired outcome. Right. 
So the, the change that has to happen, and the work that has to, has to go into it, is I wake up this morning, and I say, I want to have more. That's my purpose, my soul's purpose, my life's purpose, to have more and more and more. But I don't know what the right way to get there. So I am open, and being open to what, call it the universe, call it the light of the Creator, has in store for me. That, I know, is what's best for me. You have to be open. Which means, again, so something happens today that is not what you would have wanted if for this business to be successful, or for this relationship to be successful. The first thought, maybe the second thought, if we're not that strong, is, I don't know. And therefore, if this didn't work out, or if this thing came into work, into my work, it must be from my ultimate good. And therefore, I am open to it, and I accept it. Because there is a stronger, purer, more powerful desire than the one that I am currently experiencing. And that is what I call the light of the Creator. The light of the Creator's desire for me. It's like, again, we can use the example of a parent to a child. Again, the child, like we often have with our, wants to go to sleep at, at 11 o'clock at night. It doesn't want to go to sleep at bedtime, right? Its desire says, no, I'm going to be happy if I stay up till 11. We both know that if our child stays up too late, <laughs> it wakes up in the morning cranky and going to be upset and crying. So it has a desire, but it doesn't maybe doesn't yet know or hopefully begins to trust that its parents' desire is actually better for them. We do, of course, of course, want our child to have more than they even want for themselves, and therefore, sometimes, what they desire in the short term, we have to say no to. And this is the consciousness within each one of us, even as adults, need to live with. My desire is not clear. I know that I need, that I want, and I will have more, but I trust I trust that there is a greater desire here at work. Call it the desire of the light of the Creator for me. And when this relationship doesn't work out, or when this disappointment happens, I understand that this is only in the path of fulfilling my ultimate best desire. Okay, ding, ding, ding. This is the thing. Many, many, many people in the world do not understand or connect to or trust that the Creator has their best interest. Why? Because when things happen, things go wrong, you didn't get the business deal you wanted, whatever else it is, it's like, oh, well, I trusted the universe would work out. Of course, it's a lie, because we trusted that it would work out the way we wanted it to work out. But that trust, that, that certainty, that leaning into the Creator sees the totality of our being, and ultimately knows what's best, and to lean into that, that's where people really get stuck. Well, it's hard work. It is hard work. It's hard work. What would you say the first step is if somebody were I think, I think, to start you know, living that way? So there's a phrase. Because another... I, and the other complication there, right? Your relationship with the Creator is only going to be as strong with your relationship with yourself. If you think of yourself as somebody who's not worthy of receiving good things, blessings, love, then you're never going to think that the Creator is going to want that for you, right? That's I know true. many, many people who beat themselves up all the time. They're sure they're not deserving because their behavior isn't great day to day. So then they feel bad, and then they judge themselves, and then it's a vicious cycle. So that process of, oh, I know the Creator is going to bring me blessings when they don't think they're worthy of receiving them, you can see how that's problematic. Oh, that's for sure. Right? You have to get through that. But what I was going to say is, I was going to say something else. You know, as I was... <laughs> and also, <laughs> we talk about the Creator's desire. At a deep level, and I hope this is clear, we're actually talking about... Our soul's desire. Our soul's desire. Mm-hmm. So let's let's bring that to because it's not something outside of myself. So so 
there's a beautiful teaching that says, nothing that we truly desire is ever held back from us. Nothing that we truly desire is held back from us. But we... Is our soul. Right. So my soul knows more than I consciously am aware of. I might consciously think, again, this is the relationship I want. My soul knows no. And really what we're talking about here is a process of trusting ourselves and therefore life. So when this relationship or that business or that deal, you know, we have this conversation very often with many people, even people that are very close to us, this deal didn't happen. My first message is, well, that wasn't the right thing for it's you. It's so hard for people. Yeah, it's it. hard for all of us, but this is the work. But the point is, what I think is so important to realize is that we're not talking about God, you know, this force outside of me doesn't desire this for me. No, we're talking about you don't really, your soul knows that this is not the best thing for you. So I think this is kind of closely related to what people would call intuition and letting that be our guide, right? It's something that you feel inside of you. And when you have that feeling, then it's easier to connect soul to mind and to body, right? Because that's like, oh, I don't know where this feeling is coming from. Is it real? Is it not? And intuition, when you start to build it, you really do see that it is a force. We have so many nerve endings really in our gut more than our brains even. So that is the first place where we get... The smarter the person. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. So there was a study conducted in by the Medical Research Council in the UK, and they examined the physical effects of intuition, which I thought was fascinating. Subjects were asked to play a card game that involved winning or losing money based on the value of a card flipped over from one of our four decks. They were asked to count their own heartbeats as they played while a sensor monitored the change in their heart rates. What they didn't realize was that the decks were stacked. When they reached for the losing deck, their heart rates dropped. A similar study at the University of Iowa showed that subjects experienced perspiration in their palms as they moved towards the losing decks. In both cases, the subjects didn't begin to suspect the decks were stacked until much later, revealing that the body, not the mind, noticed it, the difference first. Noticed or ex- well, experienced felt. it, felt yeah. it, which is fascinating. So it's right? so clear. So it's they're reaching for a deck. And they have no idea if it's good or bad yet. And later. But already the body is is reacting to what is. Exactly. And they were focused on their heartbeat. So they were paying attention. That's that's very fascinating. It's very. So intuition is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. But I think this power of like, you know, sometimes people, oh, I'm so intuitive. In fact, I think it's how the soul communicates with us. So when you find yourself, you know, which way do I go? How do I proceed? This this relationship with self is so important. And I, I remember when I started to really realize that I did have that, and it started to grow. Intuition, by the way, can get stronger and stronger. So I would test it. You know, I would walk into a room and I would actually just ask myself. I'd close my eyes and say, okay, where is this thing I'm looking for? And it would take me, like if I had lost a pair of keys, I'd close my eyes, it would take me to where it was in the room, right? And it sounds far out, but we are so powerful in that way. And that's how you really connect to soul and then connect to creator. And that way you can't really make a mistake on how you how you move forward. Exactly. And that's why I think what we're talking about here is living a life when you're more open to the greatest desires to become manifest for you. And this leads into a famous teaching which is powerful to live and really helps you attain this level that we're talking about. There's a famous sage who would always, no matter what happened to him in life, he would say, 
gamzu litova. This is also for the good, meaning this is ultimately for my greatest benefit. And especially the things that most people would perceive as being negative disappointments and so on. And as a matter of fact, because that was his consciousness, things, even things that seem to be negative, always transformed for him for the good. And this is what we're talking about here: living a life where you're open to your soul's desire, not stuck on your current conscious desire, right? Because you're, you know, it's. I, I taught this once, but what is a curse? A curse is a blessing that you wanted that wasn't right for you. Because when you got it, it turned out to be after you got it. When you got it, you thought, "Oh, this is so good. This is exactly what I was what I was driving towards." But really, ultimately, it wasn't for your benefit. So, again, this is a little bit paradoxical way of living, where where you're open to what is hap- whatever is happening, knowing that your desire is growing and that you are actually going towards going towards greater and greater benefit and receiving. Than where you are now, which doesn't mean you get everything that you want. No, hopefully that's the, that's but that's that. I I often say this that I'm so thankful that I haven't received everything that I wanted. That would be the greatest curse. That would be the greatest curse, which leads us to the story where we began. So I won't go into the de- all the you details of the story. You are talking about donkey. Yes, donkey. There, I just talked about him. Um, <laughs> the ancient sages compare two great prophets, Moses. Most of it, I think, no, he revealed the Torah, the Old Testament. He's the, the one greatest leader who, who ever lived. And equal to him in spiritual strength and wisdom was a man, man named Bilam. Bilam, during the time of Moses, was one of the greatest prophets, one of the greatest sorcerers. And in talking about the difference between them, the Sages explain it like this. Moses was open all the time for whatever the Creator wanted for him. Bil'am always knew what he wanted and used the light of the Creator to get it. And he was also powerful. He was, he was as powerful as Moses, as wise as Moses, but he knew what and he wanted. would wa- you say, at first, as spiritual? As spiritual. Mm-hmm. Because, and again, this is a very important understanding, Again, people have a misconception about again what people can call God. We call the Creator or the Creative Force, energy that created the world. It is not a being who says you're going to have this and you're not going to have that. Right? It's an energy. How you interact with that energy is very important. You can force the light to the Creator to say, "I want this relationship. I'm going to f- this." And this is what Bilam's way of life. This is what I want. This is the person I want to have a relationship. With. This is the blessing that I want. I'm going to force the light to the Creator there. That is the worst curse, because you're getting what your limited mind desires in the moment, not what your greatest soul desire is ultimately for your life. The question, though, so you're saying forces the Creator to give you what you want. To manifest this blessing. First of all, I don't think any of us think we're that powerful that we could force the Creator to give us what we desire. So is it that we are not, or is it that at that time in history, people were more... No, no, no. We are. We are. But But you can't demand the creator to give you something. No, but you can demand this relationship and force it to happen. How many people do you know that forced a marriage, that forced a relationship? We all have this power. Well, I'll call it the light of the creator. So when you're saying creator, you're saying soul also. Energy. Mm -hmm. Energy. 
how many I, I know so many people in work business who have this very strong personality call it energy call the connection a lot of the creator and they can make this business but maybe it's the worst thing that they're forcing it as opposed to being a living life it's almost like a like a like a like a two step which is i'm going to go in this direction but i am completely open to all other possibilities because i know that my conscious mind is limited in what it, what it knows is best for me my soul or called it the light of the creator knows what's best and therefore when i wake up and this is this is the understanding when i woke up this morning when you woke up this morning there were two potential paths there was the one that was limitless call it the, the creator's desire for me or my soul's desire for me and then there was my conscious desire often shaded and, and, and clouded by my ego that's exactly I want this I and this and this to happen today what's best to happen to me not what my ego wanted not what my conscious desire was but my soul's desire was and that when, when you live with that openness you're accepting you're appreciative you're excited you know that you're growing in blessings you know that your life's trajectory is taking you towards more and more and more but not necessarily this relationship that you wanted or this business success that you wanted so you're saying that Bilam and Moses were both spiritual mm -hmm. they both were connected to their souls and their purpose but when Bilam desired something he forced it and that that took precedence over anything else. Took precedence over what we would call the creator's desire. So then for he wasn't very spiritual at some point. Well, he I I would I would say he's probably where many of us are at. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. What how many people, even spiritual people, are like very disappointed when that didn't happen? Um, or will do everything in their power to force that one thing to happen? No, there is that give and take with the light of the creator, the humility that comes with knowing that humility, yes, humility. Humility, humility. And, and humility and and trust in in the in the bigger desire, right? And it's in this really this interesting paradox. Like we said, where, where we started this conversation off, it is not about diminishing my desire; it's about perfecting it and growing it in the right way. Growing it in the right way. I am, and you, and every one of our listeners is meant to have so much more than they have now. But the way to get there is to live a give and take with the the Creator. If I understand correctly, Bilam was supposed to manifest certain things that he never came to do exactly. because he, was so busy he got sidetracked and he manifested what he wanted. And I guess in at, where we're at spiritually, we would think he was successful. But when you measure it, and now we have that context to what he was actually supposed to reveal in his lifetime, then he fell short. Exactly. So that's basically exactly. the essence. And there was a donkey. I want to hear about the donkey. So. <laughs> Everybody's going to be opening gonna, the Old Testament just we're, to look we're, up what Mr. Donkey, donkey said. It's a little interesting. So, <laughs> you just don't want to talk about a, a talking no, no, donkey. No, 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 no. I'll talk about the talking donkey. I just think it's, it's distracting from the main point. I'll do it for you. No, don't do it for me. I just think it's fun. No, because the creator tried to wake him up right. by having so, a donkey actually to speak to. So the story goes that as he's going, as he's going on his way where he shouldn't be going, right? But that he forced. Uh, 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 the light to the Creator to assist him in that. He comes to a narrow path, and his donkey goes onto the wall and, and gets his foot stuck, and he gets very angry, and he starts hitting his donkey. And the donkey speaks to him. Three times he does that, right? Yes. And the donkey speaks to him, and he says, have I ever you know, led you in the wrong way? Or disobeyed you. Disobeyed you. Okay. And sages, when they speak about it, they say, you know, this is somebody who 
pretend, not pretended, but actually would tell everybody, I know the thoughts of God, right? I know the mind of God. Bilam. Bilam. And the joke is, he didn't even understand what his donkey was thinking. But the point, of course, is that... It's an example. It's of... an example that, that when you're trying to force what isn't yours, when you're trying to force a path that is not even a donkey will be smarter than you. Yes, profound, exactly. Michael. The donkey made exactly. the story, if you ask me. Exactly. <laughs> um, but back to my question, that was great. But back to my question, uh, there's no talking donkeys today. So was it a different time then? I mean, where the talking donkey, I guess, comes through well, all kinds of... But just to be clear, the donkey not necessarily was speaking... Speaking, yeah, but it's the, an example of, of man. any deterrent. And again, this is, all, if you want, we're taking a whole other detour. Sure. That we know that, that animals communicate, right? And a person at a higher spiritual level can actually understand the, 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 the word, not the words, right? Because they're not going to use English or Hebrew. They're not using it's our not language. Yes. It's not necessarily Shrek. It's a, it's a communication. And if you're on a higher spiritual level, you can actually hear what the trees are talking all the time, what the birds are talking all the time, and, and, and donkeys as well. Also, like if you're about to walk, somewhere and, and a tree, whatever, falls in front of you and it makes you pause. That's, that is nature communicating with you. All the dog whispers out there are very happy, or the horse whispers. Yeah, it's a profound lesson. Yeah, so I think, I, and, and what, what we're asking our listeners is to become awakened to the fact that, again, yes, you need to be desiring more and more and more beyond anything you can even think of. But the way to achieve that is, Try to transform your limited, conscious, even ego desire to the much greater desire of your true soul, to the greater desire one can call the desire of the Creator. Don't get stuck in the little disappointments or the little things that you want to force. Be more open and humble, and then you'll find your path to the true desire, the greater desire, and to the ultimate goodness that you're meant to have. Or the donkey's foot being stuck in the absolutely <laughs> side of the wall. <laughs> but but again, the the point is, this is a life's work. Yeah, it's a life's work. It's it's f before everything that you're about to do, say this is what I think is good for me. This is what I think will benefit me. But I trust the greater vision of my soul, the greater vision of the light. Every of the prayer needs to end with that. Absolutely. Do you have a story? A letter uh, Yes, a letter from one of our listeners. Hi, Monica and Michael. I always like when they mention your name first. Mm. Y'all, is that what you said? Yes, yes. Myself are great. Friend. And I enjoy listening to this podcast every week, multiple times with each episode, in fact. I always make a significant connection and receive tremendous wisdom from you both. Recently, Monica was sharing a story about Lucille Ball. You remember yeah, this one? Yes, I do. And you were the one who did not. Uh, I know. I, I Exactly. I was the, wrong. I would like Monica to know that I, too, would stay up late at night and watch the I Love Lucy show on reruns. In fact, I enjoyed it so much, my best friend and I would have sleepovers and watch the show on her collector's edition VHS tapes. And for those of our younger listeners, ask somebody a little bit older than you what VHS tapes are. I found her story of determination and resilience very powerful, especially for her age and it being the 1950s. I also asked my kids, who are teens, mm -hmm. who if they knew Lucia Ball. They said at first they didn't. But when I asked if they knew the show I Love Lucy, they absolutely knew what I was talking about. Okay. Every week I look forward to your podcast and all the knowledge, wisdom, love, and joy you share. I especially love the deep spiritual lessons Michael shares and then how Monica helps to make it practical. <laughs> Keep moving forward. Love and light, Kristen. 
Thank you very much, Kristen, for sharing with us. And once again, we saw Monica was right. Uh, Everybody, even the youngins, know. The youngins. Yes. You just aged yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lucia Ball. But more importantly, this is a great moment to remind our listeners to keep sending your stories, questions, comments, topics to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Stories, questions, comments, everything, everything. Appreciation is good too to Monica and Michael at Spiritually Hungry Death Life. And also, make sure to share this podcast with everybody you know. On Apple Podcasts, give it five stars, write a review, share it, share it, share it. Inspire as many people as you can. And as always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. Stay spiritually hungry.